Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Cross Rose podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. If you're a believer, you have to know that we are living in the last of the last days right now. Even unbelievers are sensing something is about to happen. They just don't know what. For believers, although this situation is an answer to our prayers, there's still some anxiety over loved ones and friends that may not have given their hearts to the Lord or may just outright reject any discussion of salvation and eternity and all that. So what's going to happen to them? What about our pets? Will they be with us in heaven? What about second chances? What about those who've never heard the gospel yet? What about, well, the list could go on and on. Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins released a book way back. Whew, man, this way a long time ago, 20 years ago, that was turned into a movie called Left Behind. And it shook the world with what life would be like after the rapture. It's still a bestseller today on Amazon. Our guest today has written a book titled Thy Kingdom Come. It was inspired by the Left Behind series, but covers a few other elements of concern along the way as well. Cedric Seidner is the author, and he is our guest today. Help me welcome to the program, Cedric Seidner. Cedric, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today, brother. Thank you, Pastor. Glad to be here. Now, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Cedric Seidner? I am a born-again believer who believes in the sovereignty of God, who understands that salvation is, should, and should always be the priority of every soul that's born on this earth. I am someone who believes in the, the Bible. I am someone who understands the premises and the edicts and the lifestyle of Jesus while he was here. He was a, a wonderful God, but he was a compassionate God. And he showed us how we should conduct ourselves with our fellow man. I am a person who's excited about history. I'm a person who's excited about family. I'm a person who's excited about heaven. Amen. Uh, I love to write. I am a Star Trek fan. <laughs> I, I love Star Trek. Um, Original and I or also... uh, later on? <laughs> or all and, of them? Um, yeah. And, I, and like you said, I, I am a, a big Left Behind series fan. And that had a lot of influence on um, on the book that I wrote. Amen. Amen. As we were talking before the recording started, you talked about your testimony, uh, you know, and Cedric's a runner like Pastor Bob was. Uh, but when he goes out, I, if I went out for a long run, it may have been 10, 12 miles. He goes out for a run. He runs from West Coast to East Coast. You know, just 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 share a little bit about your background in that area real quick. Well, um when i when when we were younger um we were tricked by our older sisters to run to the store and come back and do it in a certain amount of time thinking that we're we're like we're juiced we're gonna but they just wanted their potato chips and so we never knew that we were building a base for running this was in ohio when we came over to california 
the track coach wanted us to run, the PE coach wanted us to run, and so we ran a mile. And and when I, when I say we, I have identical twin brother, and I ran the mile. It was I was in the eighth eighth grade, and I ran the mile at that time in PE at five twenty something, and wow. my brother ran it at five ten. So they're like, you guys got to be on the track team. So we eventually ran, and um, long story short, he was ranked second in the nation, and I was ranked fourth Please in running a mile in the eight hundred. But we also, I, I also, we love running. We just love going out there and running. And of course, this was many, many pounds ago. And um, <laughs> I decided that I, I wanted to see if I can run from East Coast to West Coast. So I devised a plan to where let's, let's have a cause. And at the time, it was the Mexican earthquake and the Ethiopian crisis. It was in 1985, I believe. And so me and my twin brother and our coach at the time, it was a college coach, decided we were going to do it. And it took us 64 days. Um, we averaged 48 to 55 miles per day. And it was in two separate workouts, sometimes three. We decided to leave in October and we got there on Christmas Eve. I don't recommend, well, the the winter wasn't that bad, but I don't recommend really running during the winter because a lot of things freeze, a lot of things, and fluids freeze. And um, to, well, when we got there, the first thing the reporters asked was, were we gonna run back? And my question <laughs> is, are you crazy, <laughs> you know? Um, we and at, at the time we were stopping at schools and we spoke about staying in school and, and drugs and um, it's you know being motivated to follow your dreams and just to be completely honest with you, I have to tell you the story. We were in Chicago, I think, at the time, and we're speaking in a high school. Everyone and we're inside talking to this group and. I, my brothers went along with us, my older brothers, because they drove the the RV um, that was our support RV. And my one brother, they, my, no, the coach came in and said, your brothers are fighting outside. So we go outside. My older brother was trying to sell marijuana to some of the kids that we were talking about, oh, not man. about staying <laughs> in school. So we were really not happy about that. And so... He kind of got fired on the spot, just to let you know. <laughs> but yeah, we did that. Um, and I collected flags along the way. I met governors. And at the time, we were going to um, meet the president. But they said when we got there, the president was gone and Nancy was going to wave at us or um, first lady was going to wave at us. And we chose to just run and she waved and um, it was a, it was a very very yeah. positive experience for us. Hey man, that's awesome. That's all. I, I used to go for a long run. It was like twelve miles, not <laughs> three thousand miles. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, praise God. Well, you're a fan of the Left Behind series, but you know one thing we talked about before we get into that was your testimony about what happened to you, and I, I think it's important for our listeners to understand where you're coming from with this book that we're going to be talking about. So tell us briefly your testimony. Well, I, I, at a young age, 
I've never smoked or drank in my life. Um, at a young age, for some reason, I was sick and my heartbeat went to 21 beats per minute. And they said that I should have been dead or I should have been dead because I was driving. And at the time, Pastor, I would drive and get to a light and then I'll just wake up. I just thought I was sleepy, but it wasn't me falling asleep. I was just passing out. Mm. And so they gave me a pacemaker. The pacemaker got infected. The lead got infected. And I had a an infection that was t- like killing me. I, I would have, I will drive and then all of a sudden my body would just go into chills. And the only way that I can um, bring my body heat up was to get into a hot, I'm saying like hot, no warm, just a hot shower and, and put it on. It didn't affect my body, just brought my um, heat back up. And like, I, because I have a family, um, a lot, a large family, I always have family members throughout Sacramento. So if I ever go through chills, I can just go over someone's house and take a shower. And so they finally decided that they were going to have to give me a cocktail of antibiotics because they couldn't figure out what it what it was. And I passed away at um, when I had a surgery, the surgery, and I end up being in what I call heaven in, in a place that can only be described as heaven. And I remember seeing a, a, a stream that was golden. It was solid gold, but it was still flowing. And on this side of earth, it seems imp- implausible and impossible, but where I was, it made sense, made complete sense. And then I came to and I cried because I didn't want to leave that place. Had no worries, had no cares. I didn't feel sick. Um, it was just, it was just joy that was like in me. Yeah. And as I said earlier, I I got frustrated and I get frustrated trying to explain it because there's no earthly words to explain. What I just said to you really doesn't describe what happened to me. There's no yeah. earthly words. There's no earthly words to describe a divine experience for yeah. me. So that's that's what happened. Amen. Amen. And now you're back. <laughs> now I'm back. Yeah. And, and you're a fan <laughs> of the Left Behind series. But what motivated you to write your own series on the topic of the rapture? It's... It's the ministry. It's the message. It's the first bus message. Um, Anyone who reads the book, I'm hoping that they catch the first bus and don't wait for the second bus, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And by reading it, they can possibly see themselves in those situations during that time and say, that's something I don't want to go through. I don't want to go through that. And like you said in, in, in one of your statements, the revelation message isn't to scare you. Right. It's not to scare you. It's it's to just simply warn you. Yeah. Thy kingdom come, it's coming. It's coming. And that's what motivates me, the salvation ministry of it. Yep, amen. I know, you know, you said catch the first buzz. I used 
the term, you know, I want the first boat ride out, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I talked to Paso. Well, I don't believe in that rapture stuff. I believe we got to go through it. Well, good luck. You know, God bless you. Well, what if there is a first boat? I plan on being on. Amen. If you want to stay, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, Amen. If, if we got to go through it, praise God. I'm still here. I Amen. ain't going to change my testimony. You know, you kill me, please. <laughs> type thing, right? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and can uh, can I add something? Yeah. You you made the statement if we got to go through it, and that's an interesting statement because in my studies, I've learned that there's the pre rapture the mid rapture and the post rapture that's what i believe and regardless to my personal beliefs this book is just simply a book on the pre-rapture i mean the pre-tribulation rapture Mm -hmm. and it's a good book to read like you said if if that's the case that's a great thing. It has no bearing on our salvation. Right. It's Amen. just good for those second bus people mm-hmm. to know that if you're in that situation, you know, this is giving you a warning. Yep. At Southwest Airlines, you know, when you get on a plane, they got the A, B, and C tickets, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. everybody in line said, I knew I should have got that A ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. And that's, that is that's so what it'll be like. It's like, they told me to check in early and I didn't do it. <laughs> so true. We get the first That's seat true. choice. Praise God. But, the, but you addressed some topics that were left out of the Left Behind series. And I outlined a couple of them in the introduction. But you say this book focuses on, on the basically the individuality of those Left Behind. What do you mean by that? Well, in the Left Behind series, like I said, it's a great series. They... It dealt with uh, uh, the heroes, the characters in the story. They can relate. Uh, Not everyone can relate to them. And what I mean by that is during the Left Behind series, let's just say that's the real world. Well, while Rayford was going through that, there was also a Manuel in Mexico. There's also a, a Kadeem in Harlem. What were they doing during this time? Um, and the book is not just focused on inner city relationships, but it focuses on people from the inner city, people from rural America, people from all over can relate because it has characters, heroes that are from all parts of those areas of life, walks of Amen. life. It's not yeah. just, you know, this rich person or this person here, or not just about a Caucasian experience. It's about uh, every, every nation um, yeah. experience. And I think that's the difference. And it also focuses on, I call it the crossroad moments. Every human being has a crossroad moments or a series of them where you are faced with a decision to obey or not obey. Yep. And yeah. that's the personal experience that 
constantly happens in this book where Amen. you are left, you as an individual are left with a choice. Yep. And that's the name of this podcast, the Kingdom Crossroads <laughs> Podcast, because every day we interview someone and the listeners have a choice. You know, you're, you're crossing paths with another believer, giving their Amen. testimony and things like that. Amen. Let's Amen. take on the subject of pets, because sometimes that can be a, a sticking point. Uh, what has your research found concerning pets going to heaven? Well, I can share with you that I, I was in Harrisburg and I was walking in the fence and a dog bit me on the rear end. <laughs> Didn't like pets ever since then. Never liked them. Come to Sacramento, have a Bible class, and one of our members is a staunch animal lover. And we start talking, and, and she has cats. And I took my autistic grandson to see one of the cats, and the relationship that he had with that cat changed my view, completely changed my view on animals and then it made me think a just a philosophical basic question god puts the tapestry of of he gives us the tapestry around the things he gives us on earth so what is the purpose of pets what's the purpose of dogs and what's the purpose of cats and my views changed pastor and i thought there is a spiritual and significant reason for animals. One of the things that we had at discussion in our Bible class was Jesus is coming back on a white horse. Where did the horse come from? Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't, you know, go pick the horse up at a stable here and, you know, here on earth. So there's a great value with pets, the, which the is the lion reason lays why. lays down with the, the lamb and the, the young children play right. with the snakes. And right, right. And in the in, in my book, and I want to focus that my book is a science fiction about real things about the scripture. So, but in our in my book and in, in the storyline of my book, pets are no longer when the rapture comes, pets go. Now, I'm not saying the pets were raptured, but the pets end up having they couldn't be around their owners, and that was for that. The reason why I did that was. The tribulation period is a time for tribulation, not comfort. Mm -hmm. So people wouldn't have, yeah, I know everybody's going through that. I got my cat right here and I'm comfort. No, there's no comfort for no one during this time. So the pets vacated. They left. Um, in fact, when you read the book, you'll see that animals itself kind of turned, turned on men and um, and I'll share this with you there. They were like, you didn't do what you were supposed to do here on earth. And, you know, we're not happy. Mm -hmm. So for a short time, this is the science fiction part of the book. Mm -hmm. They, they were completely against humans, but mm -hmm. the pets themselves, in fact, there were pets who were basically almost killing themselves, trying to get away from their owners. Wow. after the rapture happens. Yeah. Amen. And there's an explanation for it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. People ask me that all the time, especially when they lose a pet. And the only, from my study, the only thing I can say is Jesus said, 
our every need we met in heaven. You know, we'll have no worries, no angst, no anguish. So Amen. if your pet gives you joy, it will be waiting for you there. You know? Amen. If, if you are raising cattle, you know, and, and something like that, and, and, you know, it's, it's cattle, it's not Herbie, you know, type thing. Right. Right. You know, right. They won't be there. But, you know, if, if you have a cat, a dog, you know, if you have a horse that you truly love, it's going to be there. Like I said, because that same question I would ask, was, well, there's no animals in heaven. Okay, where's Jesus getting his horse? Where's the where's all the saints coming back with him? Where's all those right. horses coming from? And right. They right. got to be a stable up there somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How about women who are pregnant when the rapture occurs? The babies are not yet born into the earth. Well, during the book, and I, I will share this, the every woman that's pregnant that's not saved, their their fetus is raptured. Their fetus is gone out of their stomach. In fact, there is a support group during the tribulation period for women who lost their babies during a rapture out of their stomach. And there's a storyline that goes with that. Um, there were some very angry women because of that. Um, and the reason why, I, 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 it is my belief, and of course it goes with the storyline, that there's a age of reckoning. So kids, for example, are raptured. Um, and some say it's 13, 14, 15. And, of course, babies are raptured. And I think this is going to happen because one of the co coercive tricks of the Antichrist would no doubt be, if you don't take the mark, I'm going to torture your baby. Now, there's a lot of, there's one thing, it's one thing to have to make the decision upon yourself. But can you imagine a, a woman or a man and they're left with that choice. You get the mark or we're about to torture your baby. And I, I, for some, I just don't believe that in my heart that God would leave that coercive tactic to the Antichrist. I believe all children will be gone. There will be no yeah. children and there will be no more children because at some point it has to stop. Having yeah. babies have to stop. So yeah, yeah the book um, details that. Amen. Amen. What about people that have never heard the gospel as of the time of the rapture? Pastor, that is a, a very, very important question because man has this thing to where God has to be fair on our standards. Like, that's unfair. How did this happen and this didn't happen? Well, God never really has to answer to us. He's the divine sovereign God. In the book, the very first mission of the Calvary force is to make sure every person on earth knows of who Jesus was. And as they traveled, they found out that most of them already knew. Amen. It was just, he was called something else. Most of, most of them already knew. I mean, we're talking in recesses of the Amazon jungle in my book. And they were like, yeah, we we know, we know about God's son. We know this, you know, in, in one case, there was a Bible that was left a long time ago and 
they were able to read the Bible and the, and the chief understood it and they took up on that religion. And you never know about the seeds that God plants around the earth. Amen. And that's right. they're, Amen. They, they're, that's when they found out that, yeah, maybe everyone did know, you know, maybe we just didn't know that they knew. Amen. Amen. So, I, I, there's people next door that you don't know. Right. They know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. I, I tell people all the time, I say, when you get to heaven, you're going to be surprised who you find there. You know, that's so true. So you're going to be like, there is no way he could be here. <laughs> yes. Right. That but is, then that you're also so going to look around and say, where's sister so-and-so? I thought for <laughs> sure she'd be here. <laughs> yeah. That is well, true. Amen. Amen. Well, you also discussed the Catholic church in your book. What is it about the Catholic church? Pastor, unfortunately, there may be some groups that are going to be very upset with me. But that's the fight with truth. That's the fight that we have as Christians to tell the truth. Um, one of the things I bring up is the like the woke movement, the a, a lot of things. And the Catholic Church, <coughs> I this book completely just reass this reassembles it. And I'll I'll give you the um the premise. The Antichrist in this book basically states that the reason why they talk so much about Mary is because now this is the Antichrist's perspective, not mine, not the author's. It's just the Antichrist. He says that the Catholic Church was built upon Peter. Peter was considered to be the first pope. And the Catholic Church was built around him. And as the popes, as it went down the line, the Antichrist said that with all of the immorality that came with the Catholic Church, um, when you bring up a, a priest, it's a stigma nowadays because of <laughs> the abuse or alleged abuse that happens with the Catholic Church. So he says that they shouldn't, men shouldn't be allowed to be in charge of the Catholic Church. Mm. He said, now, if you look, Mary, Peter denied Christ three times. And so the Antichrist was like, well, why would we want someone who's not loyal? So Mary, who was his staunch supporter, was there every, he was, she, he was there, she was there during the crucifixion, she was there when he came back. So he, she, a woman, was the main support. So maybe it's a woman that should be in charge of running the the church. And that's one of the avenues that he took. And of course the Catholic church for many reasons, um, one is them rearranging the Ten Commandments. Um, for believing historically that you can buy your way into heaven they too have to have redemption through the blood of Christ if they don't 
it makes no difference that you call yourself a Catholic church. Individually and collectively, if you don't go through the blood of Christ, you're not going to get raptured. So it's going to be a lot of Catholic people left behind. And the Catholic church is going to remain intact in my book. But it's going to have an overhaul, a complete overhaul. Amen. Is it possible for those left behind to realize the mistake they made and be given, for lack of a better phrase, a second chance? That is the beauty of our Savior. That's the His grace is is just wondrous. Yes, there is. Um, there are going to be countless people after the rapture who are going to catch that second bus that I call. They're who's going Amen. to accept Christ. They are going to go through tribulation. They're going to go through pain. They're going to go through torture. They may even go through death. But they, too, have to take up their cross, and they, too, have to be persecuted, and they realize it, and they don't shy away from it. They understand that in the book, the storyline, that they can die if they profess to be Christians, and they choose to. And those are the ones who are saved during the tribulation period. Amen. Amen. But your book is about to be released. It'll be released probably about the time this goes public. Uh, do you have a website or any place where we can find more information on your book? Yes, you can find my book on Kindle or Amazon by the time this releases. And I haven't, um, uh, other than my Facebook, you can find me on Facebook. Um, and it's Cedric Sitnor's my first and last name. There's a lot of information about me and the book on, on my Facebook page, but I don't have a, a website. Okay. So on on Facebook, just type in your name. Yeah. You can find it's a lightning bolt representing my pacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. I thought it was God. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, what would you like to share with our audience that we have not covered yet? The 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 one statement that the one statement that's on the single page in the in my book with the sovereign god there is no science fiction mm. simple amen. as that amen i'll put that in notes here there's <laughs> no science fiction that's so true amen well if someone wanted to ask you a question or you know receive more information maybe do an interview with you like this how can they do that how can someone get in touch with you they can get in touch with me through my, my Facebook page or my email address. It's my first and last name at yahoo.com. All right. Cedric Sidnor at yahoo.com. Amen. I'll put links all this in the show notes below. But folks, the soon return of Jesus is real. I mean, you you have to be living under a rock right now if you don't see all the events happening around us that are building to one climatic event. Amen. And matter of fact, the Bible says even the very rocks will cry out. Hallelujah. Amen. Drop down to the show notes. Reach out to Cedric Sidner right now. Stay up to date with this book. Be sure to order it right now. When, you, when you're listening to this, just drop down the show notes. Click the links. They'll be right there. This is going to be, oh, Cedric, this, you're going to number one on charts, brother, because this is so important in the day and time in which we're living. I just prophesy that right now over you. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, just, just drop down the shelves, click the links right there, order Cedric's book, order two, three copies, pass them out as a gift. Give one to your pastor. Pastor, this book just came out. Read it. You know, praise God. Planted his seed and reap a harvest of souls because time is running out. Cedric, thank you for taking the time to join us today, brother. I do appreciate all you're doing for the body of Christ. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Thank you for folks, what you do. Oh, I appreciate that. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Cedric Sedner and myself, this is Pastor Bob, reminding you to be blessed in all that you do.